Welcome to Camden Cast Headquarters. I'm Tammy. And I'm Erin. And this is... Things are out of control. You're in Camden Cast. This is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Um, yeah. So today we will be covering Season 4, Episode 9 of 7th Heaven. The title is Dirty Laundry, or in Germany it is called Wash Day. And the IMDB user synopsis is... One of Eric's church members, a World War II internment camp survivor, anonymously gives him a check worth $20,000. Mar and Shauna's misunderstanding. That, that's it. Um, Wait, first that's of all, it? since it says one of Eric's church members and then it says anonymously, it's not anonymous. And what? yeah, Matt is mis- Mar and Shauna's misunderstanding. <laughs> that is the summary in that's, its entirety. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> they got they got a little lazy. Sometimes they synopsize the whole thing. Um, sometimes they do our job for us, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, today is one of those days. So, uh, what was your first impression of this episode? Um, you almost cried many times. Yeah, just the once. All right. It was just the once. Um, I actually think I liked it. I liked that it was I think after everything that happened in the last two episodes it was important for it to be mostly in family. Wait, hold on a second. This, for this episode was not in family at all. I mean it was, well, it was the, the mm, last two though I think were more, more so. But. Um, I think I enjoyed the fact that there was that they didn't gloss over everything that had just happened and clearly it had had impacts on the way that the family was interacting with each other. Um, I don't think Mary can, um, interacted with the parents at all, which I think is good. Yeah. It's kind of keeping them... I imagine that that would be, like, what... You know, staying at a distance, not really wanting to have, t- have yeah. the tension, like, you know, blow up. Um, I think what I really liked was we've never really seen all of the Camdens being in each other's mean. faces. Or, like, yeah, I think it's very much like, oh, one of them is having a bad day, but... It's, you know, you had a bad day for all of the Camdens. No good, very bad, horrible day for the Camdens. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it was a fun romp, although the subject matter was not fun. fun. Um, although I don't think what they wanted the, like, obviously the user synopsis, the person, the, the, the church member who had been in the internment camp, they don't spend nearly enough time on yes. the things yeah. that they try to make on these issue episodes. They try to tie it in, but in a way that relates to, like, all of the kids' lives instead of, like, the person that actually, like, lived it, so... Especially because uh, we just watched the trailer for this, um, and it very much makes it sound like all the Camdens somehow, like, bond together to help this one church member, and that's not at all what happens. No. Trailers are lies. Yes. Trailers are lies. So anyway, let's uh, get into the cold open. Um, We start with the kitchen um, where Annie is on the phone with the Rev because the Rev is at work. He's missing his walk. Uh, This is a thing that they do uh, after his heart attack. Yeah, trying to get their exercise in. Uh, So he's being beckoned home. Um, And then I think the phone rings again, except this time it's for Ruthie. Yeah, um, and there are some, like, girls on the she it's like a three-way call and one of the girls that she is on the phone with his name is chloe um is played by gretchen Gretchen storms who is the younger sister of kirsten storms who was xenon who also played simon's girlfriend first girlfriend i think yeah I can't remember, like, was it before or after Ashley Tisdale? Uh, I think uh, it was after Ashley Tisdale because it was Simon's first kiss. 
Oh, yes, yes. Xenon was his first kiss. Yes. Okay. So, little tidbit. Yeah. Um, and these girls are hatching a plan. They were like, there's some girl Sarah at school, and they're like, she's a total nerd. We need to be mean to her so, like, she can't be in our group because if she does, she'll bring down, like, our street cred or something. The equivalent of street cred for nine-year-olds in a school. Yeah. Um, uh, so... And Ruthie's like, well, Ruthie just plays, like, Ruthie plays along because she wants to be accepted into this group of friends. Um, she had, makes it, the, that scene makes it seem like Ruthie didn't realize she was friends with these people. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean also, we, we've not got a lot of, I guess, like, she's getting older, so now we're going to see more, like, outside, her interacting with more people outside of the house, but just, like, we've never seen Ruthie really with friends before. Right, right, yeah, this is new. Um, most of, like, her outside interaction with kids has been, like, her being Xena and, like, <laughs> being the strongest in the playground. Um, meanwhile, Simon has just finished reading The Outsiders. I would just like to take a moment to say that when I was reading The uh, Outsiders, I feel like it was junior high. I feel like it's like eight, seventh or eighth grade yeah. is when you do that. Um, oh, my God. It, I think it still kind of remains one of my favorite books, although S.E. Hinton has, like, gone off the rails. Um, she's the author. But um, I and I like ended up buying all of the books she. I was gonna say who kn- who even knows what S. E. Hinton is up to? Like, <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> um, but I like I love The Outsiders. It's like remains one of my favorite books. I like used to own a VH a VHS copy of the movie, which starred like. Oh my God! All uh, the people. Kevin, uh, what's his name? Whatever those people. It's those people. well, Patrick Swayze's in it. I think Tom yeah. Cruise is in it. Yes. Uh, the guy from A Karate Kid is in it. Um, who? There's a bunch of people in that movie that are like. Isn't Kevin Dillon in it? That's who I was thinking. Yeah, of. I think yeah, so. Yeah, he, he's like yeah. Well, have, anyway. Yeah, so I I was I made a lot of noises when I saw that he was reading The Outsiders. Uh, and Simon made a lot of noises. Yes. Yeah, so Simon is um, affected uh, by reading the book. He kind of gets into a mood because of it. He starts seeing the world in a different way uh, as a result. Uh, so that's kind of Simon's storyline. And finally. I think this is... Oh, no, we have two more things happening in the cold open. Um, Matt and Shauna come over to do their laundry, um, and Shauna's like... And I also think, like, Shauna's like, oh, your mother's so busy already, like, she's doing laundry for your your whole family, we shouldn't be doing this, I feel bad. And at first I was like, oh my god, are they gonna just give the laundry to Annie and expect her to do it, like, these two, like, adults? But we find out they're just going over there to use the washing machine, and they're having this cryptic conversation about how they don't want, like, uh, Shauna doesn't want to do something with Matt. And, like, we're supposed to get the idea that, like, they're talking about sex because she's like, I'm not ready. And he's like, oh, but it's something that I want to do. And, like, shouldn't you consider the things that I want or whatever? So Remember, you're only ever talking about sex on 7th Heaven if you're talking about sports. Yeah. So that should have been our first hint that sex was not the issue here. Well, laundry could be... A sport? E- e- yeah. <laughs> okay. I get pretty exhausted sometimes <laughs> doing laundry. Okay. So, um, that's... And, and while that's going on, Mary and Lucy are eavesdropping, and they say something about, like, how, how it's intimate, and then Matt knows that they're there, and he calls them out, and he's like, we're just talking about doing laundry. Doing laundry is intimate. Uh, so... 
Anyway, the, and then the last scene is that the Rev is home and he's changing into a, out of his like work clothes and he's getting into like his workout clothes and he's got an envelope in it and he's like, have you looked inside of this? What is it? Because it was some mail that was delivered to the church. And he's like, no, I was like too nervous to look at it or something. And they open it and it is a check for $20,000. Um, and they pre- like, it seems like it's a mystery check at first, but uh, after the cold open, we find out that they know who, like, yeah. I mean. Who sent it. Yeah. So. That, uh, those are basically, it sets up all, uh, oh, the cold open does what it's supposed to do. It sets up all the storylines. Yeah. Um, so we'll start with Simon. Simon. Because I guess he's the catalyst, or at least the sh- episode makes it seem like he's the catalyst for everybody's bad mood. Um, so he comes in for breakfast, and he call, he has what the Rev calls a leprechaun breakfast. Which I guess just means he's eating a very small amount of food, because he's eating about, like, Ten bits of Captain Crunch and some dry toast. See, uh, I thought he was going to do the Irish accent because he thought that his son was eating Lucky Charms. And I was like, you can't read a cereal box. But then I understood why he was making yeah. Anyway, the Rev was doing an Irish accent. That's why I it was that bad. Up. It was bad. Uh, and then, um, I mean, th- so Simon is like, oh, I can't be happy. Like, I can't eat. Um, I have no appetite thinking of all the people in the world who don't have food. He uh, brings up, like, the fact the, what's happening in Kosovo because that is timely at the time that this episode aired like the refugees from Kosovo he brings up um, something else um, but he also but he most but then he brings up like the, uh, a child who recently got arrested for stealing a can of tuna to feed his family and then like the rev is like I think that was just to feed his cat but uh, anyway so he's like just miserable and apparently it sets everyone off. I don't exactly know how it how does that. How it does that, yeah. But what so what we see happening here is is Simon's kind of taking on the mantle that Lucy usually has of like <sighs> all there's so much wrong in the world and we have to like well, what? <laughs> um this kind of continues with I think I feel like the next real big scene that I see is that um Simon like goes on a anti capitalist rant. Is, oh yeah. Is that is like yes. is there anything before that? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So like he's the Matt and the Rev are just hanging out in the kitchen and they like offer Simon a cookie and he's like, Look at the ingredients, it's filled with additives. It's not real, like and then he goes on a big rant against uh capitalism and about how it's just like trying new I don't know, uh, like the the United States is selling us like creating additives to make fake food to raise money to sell arms to other countries and like it, it's you know right it's a and big like rant. then you like start talking about like paper towels and paper products that are just like adding to the waste yeah and it, yeah it was very like gung ho everything <laughs> there's everything is wrong in the world and like where do you even begin to try to fix it um, and I think Annie sees this and sees like that he's in a horrible mood and she's like okay enough of this you are bringing everyone down. So Annie basically says, like, you can't change it or whatever, but you can decide to be happy, so you should, like, kind of, like, fake it till you make it. She's like, uh, what's the difference between pretending to be happy and being happy? So. I mean, but there is a difference. I didn't understand the point of this. If you're genuinely unhappy, then you can't just decide, like, I'm going to pretend. It's hard to pretend to be happy, I guess. Yeah. Then you're your own impediment. I don't know. Um, she also she's like, well, you have to pretend to be happy, but also do something about all the things that are upsetting you. Um, so Simon does. He like partakes in a charity clothes drive for the Kosovo refugees. Yeah, uh, and I mean, other than that, he just 
for the rest of the episode, he's going around and greeting everyone else who had been in a bad mood because of him, apparently, and kind of like, not problem solving, but just like giving them a little bit of sunshine in their lives. And apparently that like helps, because every time he like is nice to somebody else, they're like, oh, you're being nice. I yeah, feel better Yeah, they're like, oh, too. your mood's changed, yeah. so my mood should change, so. Like, he says hi and asks how the Rev is doing, and the Rev's like, better now that you've asked. And, like, he tells Lucy about what about the refugees, and Lucy's like, oh, I'll help also. So, you know, Simon's no longer a black hole of sadness. Or happiness, I guess. You'd be a black hole of happiness. Because <laughs> he's trapping all the happiness. Not the sadness. Anyway. All right. Uh, Uh, That's really it for Simon, right? Yeah. um, Do you have anything else you want to say about that? No, the last thing I've written is that Simon is a communist now, so that's that's it. Um, So we'll go to Ruthie now. Um, As we mentioned, this is really the first time we see Ruthie having friends and having, like, dealing with situations with friends. Um, It's a very typical kind of, like, I think age-appropriate dilemma uh, where you have... A group of girl, a, a, a couple of girls that don't like another girl, and Ruthie's kind of like, "What do I do? Do I follow the trend or do I not?" Um, so, Aaron mentioned while we were watching this that the girl that they're picking on, Sarah, is so very a total nerd. Yeah, <laughs> is they've no, dressed they've dressed her so stereotypically to you know to be a geek or a nerd or whatever with the glasses, and she's like. She, yeah, why don't all nerds always have to have glasses? Right, too? but like also like she has freckles, and I feel like sometimes people get made fun of for having freckles, which I think and is she's weird. wearing overalls, which I think like were kind of in vogue, and but also yeah. like they they make them. I don't know. It it just yeah, it doesn't seem. I always have an issue with this. Like, where did this idea of like these specific things that you wear or things that are on your face make you a nerd versus like just like being a nerd? Yeah. <laughs> But, okay, so they call her, they's like, you're not a real girl, you're a bird. And I was just like, oh, my God, they're so vicious. Yeah. Um, and they're, like, sitting they're on like the... They're, like, squawking at her, yeah, like, and birds, like, and I don't know. Ruthie's quiet through If they all really this. wanted to be mean, they would, like, throw bread at her or something. <laughs> okay, Aaron. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Um, uh... So, anyway, it, but, yeah, that, you're right. Ruthie doesn't say anything. She's just a passive, uh, she's just complicit in all of this. So, so this ends up um, coming to, like, a head, I guess, when Annie um, gets a phone. Annie comes in uh, and... To the Rev's the, office. Yeah, they're in the Rev's home office. Um, and uh, Annie had received a phone call from Ruthie's teacher because apparently calling Sarah a bird made her cry, so... It'd make me cry if I was nine. Ruthie is in trouble. Well, people weren't mean enough where you went to school then. <laughs> oh, God. I had I had bullies when I was in school. Yeah. People were, like, much meaner than calling people birds, though. Um, yeah, but I also cry at the drop of a hat, so... Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Annie... Um, well, we can briefly touch on this. Um, the Rev had just taught... Ruthie about like internment camps and reparations so uh, Ruthie starts out on the wrong path and she's like oh I can just give Sarah money and then that'll make it because that's what the government did which I was like commentary meta (laughs) but um Annie's like no you're not gonna give her money you're gonna apologize and she's like well if I apologize then I'll be I'll be in her shoes like basically saying yeah like I'll have no friends so I don't want to do that 
But anyway, it ends with, like, Annie's just like, you have to apologize, so... Ruthie goes and gives an apology at the playground the next day, and Sarah's like, that's it? I thought that maybe we could be friends, and she's like, I can't be friends with you. Yeah, um, and she's like, I thought you weren't like those other girls. Oh, and yeah, I guess Ruthie does say when she's telling Annie about what originally happened that... Um, she was like, I didn't say anything. Um, but I didn't stop it from happening yeah. either. So that's the whole, the whole theme of this is like, um, being kind of like complicit in like, bad, you know, yeah. it being, it being complicit is just as bad as being like the, the perpetrator of the bad thing. Yeah. So, being silent, it puts you on the side of the oppressor. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, this girl's like, I thought you were different. And we were like, where did she get that idea? Um, and she's like, I thought you weren't like those girls. I guess because she didn't actively engage in the uh, ab- abuse. Um, so Sarah kind of walks away from her, and there's actually a, a pretty it's a well shot scene here where you have Ruthie walking to- back toward Chloe and Nina, like the mean girls. Uh, but then she turns around, is like kind of maybe like looking back to walking towards Sarah, but like she realizes she doesn't. She's in the middle. She doesn't belong with either of them yet. Um, so I think this like ends with the phone call, right? Yeah. So somehow for some reason, Ruthie and Sarah, I guess off screen or maybe during this phone call at another part of it, Ruth, they're on the phone together. Um, and it seems like they're going to be friends now, although we are, guess who we'll never see again. Oh, we'll never see Sarah again. Will yeah. We? But, but they, they're like, for some reason, they're like, we should call Chloe and Nina. Yeah. Um, because I have, like, conference calling. And this was, like, a thing that happened in the right in the cold open where Ruthie doesn't understand how three people are on the phone at once. And they're like, we have three-way calling. And they're like, Bra- they're like anyone who's anyone has three-way calling. So this girl, Sarah, is like, I have conference calling, so we can have more than three people on the line. And when they call Chloe and Nina, they're like, these girls are like, Ooh, I can't, like, they're just trying to, like, show off or something right, because right. they have conference calling. And I was like, oh, is this supposed to be, like, oh, they act like it's something they don't have, so they're acting like it's not cool or something now because they are je- they secretly are jealous. But we learned, basically, that Sarah used to have a best friend who moved away and that it used to be just her and Sarah, so she never, like, became friends with anybody else. And Ruthie's like, well, we can be friends. And she's like, I think I'd like that. And then Sarah, at the end of, like, the fact that the conference call doesn't work to entice Chloe and Nina, says, well, I guess they still don't like me. And Ruthie's like, they don't like us. And Sarah's like, us. I like the sound of that. (laughs) And then Ruthie does a happy dance. Yeah. It's, um... So you think they're going to be lovers now? Well, I mean, they're nine, so no. But at the same time, it was... Connotations. Um... (laughs) So we'll get to the three older siblings now, since all of their storylines kind of, like, intermingle. So as we mentioned, um, Matt... And Shona are doing the laundry. Right. But they're, like, having troubles. Um, And I think what we... The first time we see this happening is, like, they go back to... Matt's apartment. Right. And Matt's studying for a test. And Shauna's like, I think we should see other people. And Matt's like, Matt sees through it as the ploy that it is, in that she's trying to like drive him away. Um, but we still don't know exactly what the problem is. Right. We don't know what the, like, you're, I don't know, you're, I feel like you're led to believe we're supposed to think the whole time it's like, oh, Matt wants to have sex and Shauna won't. I think, I have no reason to believe that it would be anything else. Um but he's she, but she's like I think we should see other people. I need some distance from you. I think we're going too quickly. We need to slow down. 
and she leaves, and Matt's like, I'll talk to you when I'm done studying for this test. So he's in a mood when he comes back home, but while this is happening, we should go to the high school and um, check on Lucy and Mary, where... Lucy is at her locker in her Matrix jacket again. I'm glad that that has come back. Um, So much so that other people are also noticing. Yeah, and... She overhears some girls standing by her locker, one of whom is named Tammy, but we do not know which one is Tammy, and the other one is unnamed. Um, and they're like, oh, can you believe, like, the loser, like, are you, are they're, they're talking about a party for the boys' basketball team, and they're like, oh, I can't believe that the girls' like basketball team, they're such losers, like, I can't believe they would do that. Um, they're basically we're getting the idea that the girls basketball team is like on the outs. Right. And Lucy is like, excuse me, could you please not talk about my sister like that? Um, and they're like, oh, who was your sister? When I thought everybody knows who the Camdens right, are, you yeah. know, the minister's kids. So she tells them and then they're like, oh, well, anyway, there's a party for the boys basketball team and you can come. But you can't bring Mary. But don't bring Mary. Um, and then. Lucy walks away, and these girls are like, Lucy Camden was, like, looking great this year. She was on the rise. And they're like, too bad her sister's such a loser. And on cue, Mary comes up and is like, have you seen my sister? And they kind of, like, giggle and point in the direction Lucy went. And as Mary's walking away, they continue giggling. Yeah. And, like, blatantly, you know, being horrible. And Mary's like, oh, the world has changed right in front of my (laughs) eyes. Yeah. Um, So that sets up where everybody's at and when we get home matt is talking to his mom or not talking to his mom about his problems with shauna and lucy comes in and kind of makes a joke she's like oh yeah i wouldn't want to you know something about like intimate like she doesn't want to be there when they have this conversation about intimacy kind of insinuating that there's something sexual going on well yeah what she overheard like um trying to tip annie off and Matt freaks out. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he's like, you know, if I was still living here, you wouldn't have made that intimacy comment in front of mom. And he, like, gets in her face. And he basically he, says, just because I've moved out does not mean I'm no longer your older brother. I still deserve some sort of, res- like, some level of respect. And you should respect my privacy most of all. I'm still entitled to my private life. And Lucy reacts very much in typical Lucy fashion in that she storms out. Yeah. Um, and this kind of... Cha- and cries. Like, yeah. This starts a chain of, of events because Lucy then is telling this to Mary and Lucy's like, you would never know what it feels like to be an outsider. Like, you were never in my shoes. And then Mary's like... Then Mary starts her own cry fest with like, you don't know what you're talking about. About how like the reason that she joined basketball in the first place was because everybody thought she was a seven foot tall freak. And that she needed to do something to like... You know, like, the thing that people were, like, making fun of her about, she decided to use her as, to her advantage, and she, so she does sport, but now that's all been thrown away, and she's persona non grata again, and she's an outsider. And so, like, everybody's... And then Mary walks out on Lucy, and yeah. then Mary runs into Matt, who says... Who Matt's like, oh, are you going to say something too? And Mary's like, I don't care about you and Shauna. Do what you're doing. But then Matt goes, yeah, you don't care about anything because you're so selfish. Yeah. And then he walks out. And so it's a whole big circle. Circle of walking out on each, each other. other. Yeah. Like everybody's trying to, everybody passes on their own problem to the next person, kind of. Uh, or I think just because they're all like a little bit upset because of the personal things going on, they're like super touchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. 
So Matt goes home to his apartment where Shauna has left him a message saying that she was wrong, she doesn't want to see other people, but she still thinks that they should, she needs some time away from him. So he suggests that she talk to Annie, which is like, all right, this is not the first time that this happens, nor the last, where the Camden's, like, the Camden children's significant others go and, like, seek to talk about their relationship problems with the Camden children, with the Camden parents, and I don't know. I think that this is weird. I think this has a lot to do with, one, it's almost easier to have this than, like, introduce, like, some other parental figure or friend figure, like, into the equation, because... For Sean, obviously, they wouldn't be a parental figure, but there might be a friend that she could talk to. But that would include, like, introducing the fact that Shauna has friends and then having an actor or an actress play Shauna's friends and then, you know, making us care about said friend. So it's easier, I feel like, uh, just, like, logistically speaking, to have them speak to the Camdens. Although I completely agree with you. It is fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we have well, them... Just because, like, th- I feel like... In most, especially if, like, a parent doesn't like the significant other, like, they're going to have these, like, biases. Right. Like, always, they're always going to think that that person is wrong, and they might they might come off, like, in a negative fashion to that person who's seeking advice just because they're always going to think that their kid is right. So. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, also, it's just weird to talk to your, like, your significant other's family member about your sick. I feel like you would have to be in a very long-term relationship for that for you like to for you to reach that kind of level where you have a relationship separate from like where Shauna had a relationship with Annie or with the Rev separate from her relationship with um Matt. Yeah. You know? But I don't think there enough time has passed for that to like Shauna doesn't do anything. Like she never has anything that's going on. We've only really seen a, a scene with her and Annie before when Annie thought when Annie was hallucinating her in a uh, burka, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's the only thing we've had. Yeah, Annie, only... Annie also hemmed her skirt. Right. Like, uh, but I just want to go back to where we're at with Mary and Lucy before we get yeah. to this conversation. Um, so Lucy gets a phone call from Tammy asking if she's going to come to the, the party, and now Lucy's kind of thinking about it. Um, so the next day at school, Mary comes up to Lucy to apologize, but Lucy's talking to Tammy and girl number two. Um, <laughs> and they're talking about, oh, we're so, so excited for the party on Friday. And Mary's just gone through and apologized, this heartfelt apology about how she, maybe she's imagining things about people, like, ma- making her an outcast and stuff, and she shouldn't be taking out on Lucy. But then she sees that Lucy's going to a party she's not invited to. She's like, never mind. Yeah. And she kind of storms away from Lucy, and Lucy's like, oh, no, what have I done? So. That's where we're at. Yeah. Um, so let's get to the conversation between Shauna and Annie, which is so, not really a conversation. They're not talking about sex. They're talking about going to therapy. This right. is, like, the whole thing. Matt wants to go to therapy, and Shauna's like, there are two people, people who have been to therapy and those who haven't. And I, she's in the category of people who have been to therapy, and Matt is in people who have not been to therapy. So she basically, or is it the other way around? I thought that no, it was... No, 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 it's the way you just said it. Right. And um, so I thought, so she's basically like, oh, 
Matt doesn't know what happens in therapy or something, and she's like, you air all your dirty laundry, and it's very intimate, and it's like doing real laundry, and now we get that, oh, oh it's so intimate. Well, she um, basically says, it's really weird for me to, like, my dirty underwear being mixed with Matt's dirty underwear. We haven't even seen each other's underwear. underwear. Right. And she's also upset that, like, Matt went to John to talk about their relationship instead of going to Shauna to talk about their relationship. And she's like, I just don't... Basically, the point is that Shauna did not have a quote-unquote normal upbringing. So because of that, she does not have quote-unquote normal reactions to things. So she doesn't know... Like, she thinks doing laundry with somebody else is a very big deal. And she's like, I think I'm just afraid to be me because I've always have to have I've always had to, like, do things to fit in, but now I feel like I can finally be myself, and I think that's what I'm afraid of. And on the other end of the spectrum, we have Lucy and Matt kind of apologizing to each other. And... Matt kind of lets, like, it, like, she's like, oh, you know, Lucy explains that the reason she thought that they were having sex was because I wouldn't do laundry with another person unless I was married to them. So basically, don't do laundry with anyone that you're not married to because you might accidentally perform this ritual (laughs) laundry marriage, uh, which is, (laughs) Something that Lucy believes in. Yeah. Which doesn't pose well for, like, her future as a reverend. (laughs) Like, spoilers, I guess, but, like... (gasps) How did you know that? (laughs) But, like, so this is some sort of big discovery to match. He's like, like, oh, my God, I get it. Like, to you, doing laundry is really important, and it, like, signals the next step, but I didn't realize that. And now I'm gonna... Now I understand where Sean is coming from, and they kind of, like, start making out in the kitchen. They finally are like, oh, we'll take it as fast or as slow as either one of us needs to... Blah, I don't know blah. why Shauna couldn't say that stuff to Matt, though. Like, it, it was all about, literally about the laundry the whole time, <laughs> and she could have just been like, I'm not comfortable with this. Because it's about laundry. It's like, so... But then the conversation turns to her being a, wanting to be a doctor, and her wanting to be a doctor longer than he, Matt wanted to be a doctor. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm afraid to get close to you because you might distract me from my dream. Um, and Matt's like, I won't distract you. And she's like, yeah. Well, I've been wanting to be a doctor longer than you've been wanting to be a doctor, and I want it more than you. And I'm, we're like, okay. And yeah. Matt, Matt just kisses her. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, whatever, we'll figure that out. As it, So they're still together for now. Obviously, this is the beginning of the end. Is it? Um, I don't know. I don't really remember, but, like, spoiler alert, he doesn't marry Shauna. So <laughs> well, clearly. <laughs> so they're not going to be together forever. Um, Matt, once Shauna leaves, Matt goes and apologizes to Mary. Um, Mary, like, he's like, you're not selfish. And she's like, of course I'm selfish. Like, look at how I'm treating Lucy. And then she apologizes to, like, everybody apologizes to each other. Um, and yay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. I like, there's sometimes when I like conflict, and I liked that they had conflict here. And then now there's no longer conflict, so... It's fine. Do you have anything else to say about the other three siblings or their storylines? No. I mean, it it was just stupid and cyclical and apparently Simon's fault. Um, So we'll get to what is billed as the main story. Um, All right. The older kids was definitely the main story, though. Right. We spend so much time with them. Um, But there's... uh, We just want to say that there's this idea, especially with Lucy and with Mary, and then that we see with... Um, Ruthie as well, this idea of being outcasts or being not part of the group, which I think is supposed to relate back to 
um, what we're about to talk about now, but it's not done well. Or I think it's, I think it's ridiculous for them to try to compare internment cap- camps to high school drama. Right, I'm just and like that. Ruthie's like nine, yeah, issues. Nine. Um, so we learn that the twenty thousand dollar check is from uh, one of the churchgoers named Sachiko. Um, she is, but she we we get the idea that she's elderly and that they're concerned that the she needs the money and that like it was a mistake. And so the Rev just calls her in to make sure that it wasn't $20,000 was not a mistake and that she really meant to give it to the church. And she, we find out that she has this money because... Of reparations. Right, because she had been in an internment camp, um, her and her family, and her brother had actually fought um, with yes. American soldiers during World War II and actually died um, in combat. And her family lost everything, and then after um, after they were, like, out of the internment camps that, like, her parents were suffering from, like, PTSD, and they never made it to, they never lived long enough to see any of the reparations money, and she's, like, not like that even, but she's, like, I don't want it, but I don't want to think about it anymore because this is essentially, like, blood money, and, like, I just want it out of my life. And I just want to say... Uh something that I think is important that is at least well done in this scene is that we do not, the Rev does not interrupt her at all. This is very much completely Sachiko's story, and she says it herself, and she's not being spoken for on or on behalf of. And I really appreciated the fact that, like, Seventh Heaven allowed the person of color uh, and the victim to tell the story how they wanted to be told, and it wasn't, like, told on top of her. Um, so that's where we leave that, and you mentioned this, there's another, uh, it recalled back the scene where, um, Simon learned about the Holocaust, where the Rev is doing research on this historical event that he just, like, well, I guess he hadn't just learned about the Holocaust, but... He learned, I, I'm assuming he just learned about, or wanted to yeah, learn more yeah. about so, internment camps. So that they do it through, like, the I like... At the very base level, they have, like, the Rev, exp- like, he'll be reading up, when well, he was re- sitting at his desk reading an encyclopedia, I think in both cases, um, and, well, actually, Simon inquired about the Holocaust, but Ruthie walks in while he is reading, like, an encyclopedia, and he's reading about, like, internment camps, and Ruthie asks, what are we doing? Um, and... She, she thinks, oh, she hears camp, and she's immediately like, oh, I want to go. And the Rev then explains, this is the kind of camp that you don't want to go to. And he explains the history of internment camps, as you said, on, like, the basic level, as you would explain it to a child, because he's talking to Ruthie. But it's also good for the audience, I think, um, for, like, a, like you know, a, a lesson learned for anybody that didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um... And I, I appreciated this scene as well. Because you can clearly see all the books on his desk, and he's reading all of these, like, the stories and, like, encyclopedias and even, like, I think biographies and stuff. Or autobiographies. Um, so he decides to call in the help of one of his father's, I guess, old friends, Henry. Um, Henry also served in the war in World War Two, like, it, the same regiment as... Uh, Sachiko's uh, brother. Brother. Um, and and apparently, since the colonel's trip around the world, he has been helping out this this group that like works. I guess it's like a historical group, and they try to like 
gather information about the people that were in this regiment or something and like preserving I don't know the history and the memory of I guess it was probably like a Japanese American yeah. regiment or something so kind of it was it was they they were uh, they were all segregated they were yeah um, so just like kind of like a historical society like the, and the the colonel has been helping with that yeah ever since his trip on the world he's been more politically active we've learned. Um, Which we knew yes. because we saw George's dreads, and also because of his free, wait, free to bed, free to bed shirt. yeah. Um, so he, so the Rev thinks it's a good idea for Henry to talk to Sashiko, especially because Henry has a different view about the reparations than she does. So she, as Aaron mentioned, sees it as blood money, but he saw it as an opportunity to help his family. But I think this is stupid, though. Anyway, taking like trying to convince her. Of something that she obviously has like deep, fe- like right, right, the kind of deep seated feelings about. Like you shouldn't just go and be like, no, look at the good side of like your time in the internment camp. Like it's not. I, th- I thought the reason that the the Rev wanted them to meet was more so to talk about the brother, and I guess, less yeah. so about the money. Because I feel like you can obviously tell that she has some unfinished. Like, she needs some closure on that. Yeah. But I also do agree with you in that I feel like both stances... Well, the thing, he, took, he was like, oh, you don't, you know, he tried to change her mind about some, like... Right, right. I don't know. I think both their stances are completely valid, though. I think how she feels about the reparations versus how he feels about the reparations are both, like, what you do with it, what you will. I don't think either one of them is wrong. Um, but that, like, that's... That's why I have to agree with you in that I don't think it was right for the Reb to try to change her mind. Um, which, obviously, because it's 7th Heaven, he kind of, he succeeds. Yeah, and so anyway, first they go over to her house, and he's like, hi, meet Henry, um, and she's having none of it. Um, when she, like, seems acceptable at first, but then when Henry says, I served with your brother... She's like, bye, and she, like, shuts <laughs> the door I don't want to talk about this. And then I guess she has a change of heart because she calls the Camden household and says, you can come back with Henry. Yeah. So they come back and they talk, and this is also a very touching scene where um, Sachiko kind of talks about how she felt being Japanese-American. Uh, what This is how they tied it into the parallels with the kids' storyline, which still is, like, not good yeah um because it's not the same thing but she talks about how she never felt um like she would be a sh- she was ashamed to be japanese um because she like didn't look like everybody else and etc and like i think she was, felt like an outcast yeah. etc um and they they just talk it out they talk it out <laughs> um there's not really much else to say about it uh, which sucks because this could have been great for I mean, they could have done a lot more with this, but... Eh. Yeah. Nah. Um, it I, was just like a monologue at the... like, And it yeah. was really just tacked on at the end. Um, she ends up t- deciding to not give the money away and to save it for herself. <laughs> Which, uh. also, I don't know. Again, it still it makes it seem like that makes it better. Like, money makes it better. Um, which, clearly, Seventh Heaven tried to not make people think in the scene with Ruthie, but... Whatever. So this was another episode. Another issue episode. <laughs> um, I think that's it, right? Nothing else really happened. Yeah, no, that was it. Oh yeah. Well, it ended with a fu- uh, with a fucking like um, like stop screen 
uh, oh, with of the him. Rev <laughs> leaving Sachiko's house and doing like a heel kick midair, and I don't understand. Like. Why? Why? Yeah, <laughs> like, that happened. He was so pleased that she was keeping her money. Well, is this because this is the first time we see him doing something outside of the house? Oh, maybe he's like happy to be back or something. Like I feel the, like every this other. This was time. the first like really intense kind of thing that he did. Great, um, making it all about the rev again. <laughs> I mean, he, they didn't really. They no, did I, it know, subtly, I know. Yeah. Um. Eh, so what would you do? Like, what would you rate this episode? What would I do this? I'll do, the, I'll do this a three point five. I would. I actually, I think I'm going to give it, it a three. It's right in the middle because the yeah. bad. If it wasn't a bad episode, it wasn't all a bad of episode. the stuff with the older kids was pretty entertaining. Yes, they were fighting with each other and stuff. It's I just, loved Simon's rant. Yeah, just the way that they tried to tie it in with, um, like to to parallel these kind of trivial problems. To something to, that is, like, very serious, something that still affects a lot of Japanese Americans and, like, Japanese culture and just, like, American history to this day to, like, have that. Yeah, but, I mean, it's good that they... Brought it up. Brought it up, because it's a thing I think a lot of people like to just... Erase from their memories. Right. Yes. And uh, I think it's really good that they took a kind of controversial... At least tried to take a controversial stance and saying that the government, like, just because the government paid them doesn't mean it was enough. Um, and But I, I do think... I understand why they try to parallel with, like, everyday life, because they're trying to say, like, it could happen to anyone. Like, you need to, I don't know, affirmatively make sure that you are not excluding people or whatever, but, like, obviously not to the extent that... I know, but like, it just... For me, personally, it always just feels weird. I mean, I get why they do it, but, it, like, to take away the struggle of a person of color... Right. And to it, put it into, like, this, like modern or like I, I guess it was supposed white, to be like, like for the viewers like yeah here, I don't know here like, you can relate it rubs know. me the wrong way right. but yeah no I agree it was I think when we take the two things separately they were they were well good done. yeah and so I would give this a 3.5 as well all right um, wow so, uh, before we go, I forgot to mention, uh, one of our Instagram... Uh, Buddies. Yeah, <laughs> followers, uh, at Br- Brittany Lampka, um, she commented on our post about um, sin, ep- episode Sin, uh, which was about two episodes ago, the first part of the two-parter, and she was saying that she was really excited about what we had to say about this episode, uh, and... She's really excited about us to, for us to get to season um, five. five. Uh, so we wanted to know. Uh, we wanted to just. Well, it seems like that's been the feedback. We right. People excited for seasons four and five, which I also am excited for because I know what's coming. And I think a lot of action packed. So. Uh, well, uh, now that we've done the two parter, Brittany, and all of our other listeners and followers and subscribers, uh, let us know what you thought about what we thought. Or well, yeah, because the second episode is not... We didn't think it was yeah, very we didn't good. Think, yeah, we didn't think it was very good at all. Uh, Brittany had mentioned that this two-parter was like our uh, is one of her favorite episodes. Do you guys agree as well? Um, let us know. We are... You can contact us through uh, Twitter or Instagram with uh, our handles at Camden, at Camden Cast Show. Um, CamdenCast at gmail.com. On uh, Facebook, it's just CamdenCast. And you can listen through iTunes uh, podcasts. Uh, where you can also rate, review, and subscribe, and you can listen on soundcloud.com backslash CamdenCast, and if you have an account there, you can follow us as well as like tracks. So Remember, we're here twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is CamdenCast Headquarters.
你